and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me, it's Clay Williams, who's going to make us believe a man can fly. Wouldn't that, I'm, out of all the things that have happened in the last 10 years of society, mm-hmm. you wake up tomorrow, you look at your phone, and you're like, yeah, some dude flew. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even like an onion headline. It's like literally. No, it's just like, yeah, he's just like, he just flew. flew. Many, it's just one yeah. of those things where obviously everyone would be shocked and it would be foundational and like every, but it would also be one of those things where it's like, I guess that was the next step in with right. all of this. <laughs> Like, where else were we going to go from here? Like, we're, you know, we're AI, you know, like, overpopulation. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, fascism at an all-time high. Like, yeah, I guess this is the next step. We just fly Nazis. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. 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 What's the next? How how are we going to surprise us? I guess that's that's one of those things. Yeah. It's the next step for Jeff Bezos. (laughs) no more penis spaceships he's gonna right. actually take could you imagine being the friend of the guy who flew like he was my friend from high school like I feel like you gotta believe me <laughs> he never did that shit what the fuck joey he didn't to fly now he's flying <laughs> i pushed him off a fucking uh, the roof once and he didn't fly then what's up mm-hmm. what's going on here mm-hmm. or better yet like you tried to fly like a decade ago and he's like we did it we did it <laughs> it's just like oh my god <laughs> um it finally happened for someone who's been cheering him on for like so long it's like finally. uh yeah today we did see a man fly who we've seen fly Many, many times before 2013, but today it's Man of Steel. Goodbye, my son. My hopes and dreams travel with you. He'll be an outcast. I'll kill him. How? He'll be a god to them. child dreamed of becoming something other than what society had intended? What if a child aspired to something greater? My son was in the bus. He saw what Clark did. You're the answer, son. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Can I just keep pretending I'm your son? You are my son. And I have to believe that you were sent here for a reason. And even if it takes the rest of your life, you owe it to yourself to find out what that reason is. How do you find someone who has spent a lifetime covering his tracks? For some, he was a guardian angel. For others, a ghost who never quite fit in. You will give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them 
accomplish wonders. You believe your son is safe? I will find him! My father believed if the world found out who I really was, they'd reject me. He was convinced that the world wasn't ready. What do you think? What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Well, here it's an S. How about... Excuse me. Um, ten years ago, a flawed reimagining of, uh, you know, one of the most iconic images ever. Um, and today it's with us. It's Jonathan, Joshua, Ethan Strong. Hi. Thanks I almost said Jonathan. My, my mistake. <laughs> um, what's up with that? Uh, yeah. And uh, learning a little bit about our guests. Since everyone who comes to the pod for the first time, we like to see the movies that got them into movies. I grew up in Streamwood, Illinois, on uh, the corner of like Mayfield and Sunset. So not Chicago is what you're saying. Not, Chica- not Chicago, but Northwest Chicago Burbs. Like uh-huh. if I say Chicago, I might get cut or something. But growing up, there was a Lowe's movie theater that was like a 10 minute walk from my family's house. And I remember my mom, my aunt, and my cousins and sisters always go over there over there like every day during the summer or like every other weekend to catch what was playing and uh i saw the matrix there uh opening weekend in 99 uh and that that changed my life the way like my favorite filmmakers talk about seeing the original star wars film in like 77 right for me that was the matrix right and uh from that moment on, I was like, I want to be a part of this. And like, oh, that's my favorite like movie theater experiences happened at that theater. Uh, they tore it down uh, oh. when I was like 10. Bastards. It was a rough experience. I think the last movie I saw there was Attack of the Clones. Wow. That's, I'm really old. <laughs> and uh yeah, that's my first exposure to movies, going to that theater, you know, every weekend with my family. And we have, like, a dinner every week, and we like, always rent a VHS, a VHS tape of, like, Face Off, Jurassic Park, mm. The Rock, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. It's a yeah. real big wow. movie. 90s. 90s. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, as our friends from the Hit Factory podcast would say, it's like, movies were just better then. like you can't get much more like <laughs> like icon like you know just um like family entertainment like beloved entertainment than that um and and uh, no, for all making, ages too yeah yeah and they're making a lot of different stuff yeah in that in the 90s yeah yeah stuff they just riffs. don't make anymore yeah. right right yeah. right like all those mm-hmm. like 
we, I, we, I, we've talked about it, but those cloak and dagger films, I mm-hmm. mean, they, early 2000s, you still get a hint of, but all of that, you know, um, Pelican Brief, uh, yeah. those, the that firm. kind of, right, right, those yeah. like adult, adult movies, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, what now they're did you shows. have? Did you have a filmmaker early on that was like also because it's I love when I talk to people or when we talk to people about um like their first movie, there's also sometimes a lot of times a first filmmaker that they really atta- got attached to. Was there a f- filmmaker with you that was that you really like it opened your eyes to like what directing could be? It was either the Wachowskis and Chris mm-hmm. Nolan. Because they're yes. both from mm. Chicago. Mm-hmm. That is and right. actually, I just met uh, Lily Wachowski at a WGA protest two weeks Hell ago. Hell yeah. And I almost Hell broke yeah. down the deal. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. It's, I was like, you're my hero. Because I remember right. being in Chicago, my mom took me to this Matrix uh, premiere at the big AMC downtown and the Matrix Reloaded came out and both Wachowskis were there. And my mom was like, yeah, they directed the movie. And I was like, sure. I'm actually seeing these people who made this thing that I love. Yeah. So this is like a really attainable dream for me. Mm -hmm. And I told Lily that at the protest and uh, she gave me a hug and was like, yeah, thank you. That's crazy. That's it's like at that age too. Like you're just you you're able to put a face to a product or like a piece of content, and you're like you can't just are no longer going to be imagining someone, but like it's they're literally right there and makes more yeah, like you say, makes more attainable. That's yeah, that's amazing. You got Mm -hmm. to experience that. And I remember when they filmed The Dark Knight in Chicago, my mom would take me uh, to wherever they were filming it. And like to watch them work or whatever. And like my mom worked from like five o'clock in the morning to like two in the afternoon. And like she would get off work, I would get out of school, and I would get in her van and she would drive me to Chicago mm-hmm. where they were filming at and just watch them film. Cause like she was exhausted and she was miserable doing it. But she was like, Well, you love this and you should see this. Right. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. So me yeah. and her, we've seen every Chris Nolan movie together in theaters. And I just got our tickets for Oppenheimer Mm. today. That's so awesome. Oh, man. Um, When when did you really start? Because so you're a filmmaker, um, obviously. Uh, So when when did that really start like taking? When was that the road? When when were like all the other options eliminated and you're like. Filmmaker. Uh, when I was in uh, high school, I applied to like music school right. and some like English departments. Right. And I wanted to be like a songwriter and producer. And I would mm-hmm. do like logic stuff on my own growing up. My mom got me like a sampler to work on. And I remember talking to her and I was like really committed to doing both music and film. And mm-hmm. my mom was like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one. And uh I remember like it was 2011, so all these people were making like bedroom indie music. Right. Like people like washed out and like Vampire Weekend just came out right. at that time. And they did a lot of stuff in their dorm room. So I was thinking to myself, well, 
I can do music on my own and just like study English to be a filmmaker. And so I went to UIC. I studied English and creative writing uh, to focus on screenwriting. And I felt pretty distant from my goal, but my junior year of, you know, sophomore year in college, I had heart surgery during the second semester. Oh, wow. And uh, and I had two operations performed on me. Wow. And it was March of 2013. And I was like, after I had an operation, everything was fine. I was like, I don't want to be an English teacher. I don't want to write textbooks. This is probably the likely outcome of my of an English degree. And if I right. want to be a filmmaker, I got to be serious about it. And so actually Man of Steel was the first movie I saw after I had heart surgery because it came out June of that year. So I'm I so glad I asked this question. So I was just home in recovery this entire time and uh, just like looking forward to this movie together. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that man. the best first exposure we've ever heard? Is that number one? Does that take take the crown? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hall of Fame. So yeah, I remember like exposure. watching. I remember watching Man of Steel. It was filmed in the Chicago suburbs. Yeah. And oh, like sitting right. in the theater during the crash, like yeah, like I have to get serious about this right now. Wow. Even if it's baby steps, I have to take these baby steps to get where I want to be. Now I guess drawing conclusions and i guess that can bring us into the movie proper was it the nolan of man of steel that got you hyped or rather um it was it just superman and and like seeing seeing another yeah because like, nolan adaptation. does what a first draft or yeah, he like, also has a producer it, credit it. producer yeah. right yeah, yeah. right right and he hired mm-hmm. snyder mm-hmm. and goya I remember, of course yeah I remember like hearing about the Superman reboot in high school. Mm. It, it was announced during Green Lantern. That movie came out. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to fuck this up again. Right. Uh, I have very mixed feelings about Returns. I love Brandon Ralph as mm-hmm. the character. Mm-hmm. But that movie, it was like the worst mm. Superman movie for the time, I feel like. Uh yeah, I was very excited. I, I love comic books. I'm a big DC fan. And I used to really despise Superman because I didn't find like, anything to relate to the character at all. I was like, he's just like godlike figure. Mm. You cannot hurt him or whatever. I don't get it. You know, especially compared to like Batman or like even Marvel Spider-Man. He's like a kid in a costume. Like there's nothing mm. relatable to me about Superman. Mm. And my sister was like, he's a sad character. I was like, how is he a sad character? And she was like, well, he's going to live forever and he's going to watch everyone he loves die. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've never thought of that before. That's pretty interesting. Right. And so that got me to the character. But I remember when they hired Zack Snyder, it was like, that guy's visuals with like Nolan and Goyer, that'd be really exciting. So I I was looking forward to the movie. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad I asked uh, that second question (laughs) because that really led us into, that was awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jack, do you want to do your first, well, is this your first time seeing it? 
Yeah, yeah. I I feel like I I had seen it, but I hadn't. Um, just because I knew so much about it through osmosis. So uh, like osmosis. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and um, like I knew the beats, but like the things in between the big moments, I just needed to be filled in on, like Zod dying, uh, um, um, Jonathan Kent dying deaths i knew about no mm-hmm. but just like the criticism, <laughs> about the criticism about the destruction like i knew about that um the thing about yeah like the thing about the tonal issue like the criticisms i feel like are made so famous at this point and it's like online film criticism didn't really appreciate this movie very well and that gave me the idea that this movie is bad which it's it's not i mean it's flawed but it's not Bad. The discourse around this movie yeah. has not died at all. I know, right? Like to me, I think of this in the way of like Superman is a tough ask. Like you have to like do a lot. This movie is a lot of movie. I wouldn't say yeah. it fails. It just tries to it's to like too, it's too much. But it's a lot, and it maneuvers around being so much. self it, it, it for me it kind of reminded me of like the force awakens in how much it needs to set up because it's playing catch up with marvel as well but it's also trying to be its own thing and it tries to treat the audience with some common knowledge like you know what these things are you know like like the origins of Superman, mm-hmm. you know what the S means, but then it also tries to do the origin thing. Um, and ends up being, you know, two hours and 20 minutes, but I like- We're on Krypton just... for 20 minutes. Right. I know. Yeah. For the movie. It's a, it gets a lot. It takes, it really takes, its, it really has nowhere to, to go. The movie, it takes its time, but um, yeah. Uh, but Henry Cavill is so, so good. And if you don't have someone with this much uh, presence and um, a sturdy look into this character, then it, it, it might have really crumbled. But I think because you have someone at the center I, that's as uh, captivating as he is, I think it, it works for me, ultimately. It's interesting. I've had a weird history of this film and not in the sense of like I have it's been I have gone back and mm-hmm. fucking forth a million different yeah. times. This month it'll officially um, be 10 years. So I mean, like it's uh, wow. I think I saw for the first time, I think I saw it. I don't remember seeing it in theaters. I might have though, but mm-hmm. I definitely remember seeing it with a friend like at at his house, Torn Fitzgerald, shout out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I saw it, and I'm like, that was just, like that was before my any of my vocabulary or knowledge of film. Like I, I there was mm-hmm. no like critical brain or critical thought process when it came to just watching movies. And I was like, that was a movie that I watched and I enjoyed. So that's that. And experience now over, let me move on. Um, But then I like rewatch it maybe once, once more. And then I rewatch it again in like 2016. But like you, Jack, it's that movie is so, that movie is so prevalent in that time of us getting into film, whether it be the discourse, uh, the whether it be on like you know whether it's fucking Twitter or written reviews or the nerd space or YouTube like it is prevalent mm-hmm. 
in so many different spaces and it has such a different reputation in so many different spaces um mm -hmm. because you have all these different people coming in at this very different angle people who are more film oriented people who are more comic book oriented uh people who tried to bridge those two together um and also of all of the narratives and it's funny at this time um and we haven't actually done that many superhero films in general right um which wasn't this, necessarily con right this, logan yeah spider-verse spider-verse fan four stick you remember that <laughs> yeah i do remember that i try not to um but that it? and so yeah that Is might probably that's probably it yeah, so but weird. we're not we haven't really had to discuss the like no mcu yeah exactly and that wasn't a we don't have a rule against that it's just no. hasn't it just hasn't materialized yeah, it just hasn't materialized. yeah um but all it becomes all this narrative uh around the movies it's not the movie oh mm -hmm. dc needs to catch up because then you know marvel did this and they're going it's like all this yeah. back and forth and, and then the that grew greater context. after this one like that right. just became even more of the issue where it's like and it almost becomes like a business rivalry that you're all yes. focusing on or it becomes sports oh you know this player doesn't like this player or whatever or i root for this team not that team or how are this how are they going to build the, how are they going to build a roster I, to compete with others i feel that like that sports like discourse played more of a hand into the sequel than on um, this yes. movie absolutely because um yeah and yes. we, we we can talk about that a little bit for sure because it has a yeah. lot to do with this but and originally um we kind of discussed doing covering both this and bvs together um i think we made the right choice because i think this has so much going for it and has it's so much a lot of running exactly it's a lot of, a lot yeah. of movie yeah. and yeah. and also how prevalent it is in the film space of that time um but yeah so it feels like i've seen this movie 12 times even though i've probably seen it <laughs> right times. right right because how many times it's, it's been it, regurgitated it's and talked about in those yeah. in you know mm -hmm. the scene of him snapping zod's neck playing a thousand different times and how uh -huh. bvs also has scenes from that and it, it's like it's that it's like that movie is more prevalent than it actually like that move the, the the atmosphere of that film is more prevalent than the actual film um and i think there's a meme quality to it as well like right you'll see like reaction shots of cavill or well then yeah the, the snyder the snyderisms that people have it like have yeah. really pointed out or have criticized or praised um mm -hmm. It's yeah, there's a million different like debates going on from different million different angles when it comes to Man of Steel. It's yeah. almost like the perfect uh, internet object of the time. Um, yeah, it signifies yeah. and symbolizes so much of discourse then and now. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's and it does feel like people had their pitchforks and torches out for this movie right from the start, like it didn't take much time to like spin a controversy or whatever um, and that becomes since... a constant then it becomes yeah. every all of these movies have that yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i remember seeing it in the movie theater and like people were arguing over like superman killing zap and like yeah. I, I thought it would be like a weekend thing online or whatever and right. like 10 years later people are still talking about it. <laughs> right right <laughs> 
right? It's fan, it's interesting. Um, and it's and of course, film tw- Twitter, film you know, online uh, scene has grown so much, but yet it's still as um, hungry as it's as it's been ten years ago. Because um, this is a very bold and daring and visionary movie that shouldn't really be like step one in this like 10 step plan or whatever to like catch up to the mcu um Mm -hmm. and snyder's just i mean you know i'm not really that into snyder but it's it's he shouldn't be the one to like kickstart something because it's like he can only do something that feels like a third like a fifth movie into a series because like he it's not like he's the tightest director um but or he should have i think you know who else was up to direct this movie um bob zemeckis and matt reeves matt reeves um ben affleck yeah that's right yeah yeah uh jonathan leavesman who did uh one of the Turtles movies in a Battle LA, that garbage oh, interesting. movie. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Imagine that. There was a Matthew Vaughn version of the movie at one point. That's uh, right. And they've all, and they've always been like, is he ever going to make one? And yeah. yeah. It's like, he's always been circling. Yeah. And, and Tony Scott was another option. Tony Scott? Yes. But then he passed, of course, uh, that year. Oh. Motherfuckers. Okay. Um. Sorry. That would have been. I don't even know if that would have been good. It would have been great. I don't know. Maybe. Wow. That's just a lot. Snyder was an interesting pick because, like, he was coming off of Sucker Punch, mm-hmm. and that movie was widely panned. Whether you like it or not, that people generally hated that movie. It makes and sense you- why they thought of him with the. But, with, with how respected Watchmen and 300 were. Yeah, yeah. With adaptations. For sure. Because he was only 300 successful out of those. Like he does, he's not a successful filmmaker in the terms of box office. And even you could say in his DC movies, not really with how low they are in terms of other projects. Um, like, and I'm not saying that a, should... Go ahead. They picked a really divisive filmmaker to like kick right. off his franchise. Right. They should have found someone who was, you know, more of a, a crowd pleaser that or you let him cook that's my thing with Snyder is the moment you put limitations on him is the moment Mm -hmm. when you lost the plot because you can't half ask him and that's why I'm actually not it's interesting as I you know so I've seen uh I've obviously seen the Snyder's uh, Snyder's cut of Justice League which is I actually really really like um and BBS. yeah that's like a unique object because that feels like him without that's him without any limitations of right. any kind yeah. right like that's mm-hmm. that's sort of like that's the only kind of movie you can make because it's just everything you're interested in without and much... bb and bbs um i have gone back and forth on like um uh like uh man of steel um but that but you know and then you have the ultimate edition later which is like his longer cut and the moment you get like his cut his the length he wants is the moment you actually i don't know everything breathes way more and that's my main issue with this film is that it's not allowed to breathe and you could feel the constraints 
when it comes to the structure of the story um, mm -hmm. and the pacing of it all. And my and so with my philosophy when it comes to Snyder making movies is that if you're going to let him make something, you have to let him cook, whether it's horrible or uh, amazing. You have to just let him figure it out and give him and, and that. And the issue is that usually costs a lot of money. So people aren't super uh, uh, great with that. But now and th that's another reason why and we can talk about this later. Um, but that's another reason why I'm actually really looking forward to his Netflix movies because they threw the bag yeah. at him and yeah. they have no reason to actually curtail any kind of creative ideas he has. They're going to very well suited to the Netflix. Right. And Ar army yes. of the dead was very successful. And so they're just going to allow him to run wild. There's going to be spinoffs or whatever. And he's going to make his Star With Wars. Netflix. There's no rules. There's no like right. pressure to like a runtime for a theater chain or whatever. And so. that's the best way he operates. Um, yeah. Obviously in my opinion um so yeah you kind of just have to let him cook and people would argue well oh maybe the you know the dawn of the dead remake it's like oh he had like a right a good writer to pair with his visualistic sensibilities and people uh think he is the writing in his films even though he i don't know how actually much he actually writes in any of it because he didn't definitely didn't write man of steel um no. i mean he might have had additions or whatever I think he has a story by credit on Justice League. Uh, right, and which would make sense. Yeah. Um, but people always say, oh, the stories are dog shit, um, but his visuals are great. Um, and I, I I disagree, or I think that's a very simplistic way to look at it. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously that was me creating a, a, a straw man, but still. Um, but I don't even, but yeah, so people would actually think, oh, he needs more restraints. And at that point, I think you just lose who he is, mm -hmm. and you also there's almost mm -hmm. no point in doing so. Like, uh, just one sec, he wrote or helped write 300 Army of the Dead and Sucker Punch. Okay, I was watching yeah. the BTS stuff, and I think when he came on the movie, there was no Smallville fight. The whole sequence did not exist until he came on to the film. So maybe he helped wow. write that. Right, yeah. right, right. And he and he's obviously I, I can't imagine you can like basically tell him tell him or, or like you can keep him from adding his own ideas into the mix uh, when it comes mm -hmm. to all that, that shit. Um, so. He's a very controlling presence, not in not saying a bad way from all accounts, he seems like a very pleasant and pleasant well man to work with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know people who worked with him and he said he's like he's lovely. Right. It's yeah. like very like family environment on his sets everyone's having a good time and having fun he seems like a very warm person mm -hmm. um and and then and we and again we'll get and we could get into like the how the the fandom of snyder has been an insane road trip um mm -hmm. like just he's a had a bumpy 20s of everything it's yeah. mm -hmm. i mean in personally and in how he's viewed artistically mm -hmm. and all of those things right. it's, it, you couldn't have a crazier decade i much prefer like the b his b like bvs like the ultimate edition of bvs and like the snyder cut and like films that allow him to just be himself and like because he has all these fucking ideas he's always trying to make a bigger movie than he's actually given mm -hmm. um and so I, it, it's it's just much nicer when he has those longer run times. And, and people would disagree. It's like, oh, it's more boring or it's more of the same bullshit. 
I think it a lot because he is so he wants to get everything in there. He wants to jam pack every single little idea or story uh, or, you know, or, or story um, uh, addition. And he just wants to cram it all in and have it in his movie. And I think that and that only really works when he's allowed that lim- that that uh, mm-hmm. that runtime to be a little larger. Um, so watching it, this Man of Steel this time kind of made me realize that. You have to kind of let them cook, or at the, or you're just going to get a watered down product. Yeah, there's a part of me that feels watching this movie that he's trying to do a, a Nolan impression. Mm-hmm. He's trying to I hear Nolan's like style, because like Nolan's writers, his brother wrote the movie. Mm-hmm. He wrote he was writing the movie. David Goyer, mm-hmm. Nolan collaborator. I think Nolan cast Henry Cavill. So I feel like this is like a hired gun job right. for him. Absolutely. And then BBS, he's in full control. It's like he's like, yeah, I'm gonna do my thing. And I guess it's you know worth remembering it's a uh, a year after Dark Knight Rises, and that's still pretty big. Um, Nolan isn't from from what I read like not around too much like on set not didn't really have like too much of an eye with like the post-production but like you can feel that presence yeah that um, pre-work for sure yeah yeah mm-hmm. but it, even then Snyder's a pretty good like actor's director or at least like here this is, like the most the most impressed that I've been um especially the cast like, is amazing they, it's yeah the cast is really really good I, like and the performances i mean from from what i can recall in batman v superman they start to get like really buried underneath the amount of movie that needs to do and like for as much as like the you can feel like the movie having the stop and go problem with itself the performances when they get to breathe are actually very well done and naturalistic i like um uh diane lane kevin costner uh henry cavill's whole chemistry together um and of course like amy adams is in this sweet spot from 2010 to say 2015 and she and henry cavill are great together yeah i think that's that's always been um a positive that everyone can get around with the movie and I, I and even then like it's not really celebrated that much because like the cast does a lot even when like the movie has a lot to do with itself i love how the pro like, the krypton sequence the prologue or whatever just entirely rests on russell Crowe, michael shannon yeah yeah <laughs> and their chemistry i think is phenomenal to yeah. them together like yeah, they were still so the hell out of that crow is really (laughs) like he kind of it's one of those things where it's kind of if you really think about it's like did he just actually like show up marlon brando did he actually just like dunk on marlon brando really fucking hard with this performance yeah it's um and obvious and obviously he's not I mean, he's not a he's not the level of an actor as Brando, but in that idea of what he does with the part he's given, and I, I think that's the big genius of the film. Um, besides the God, the whole questioning of can a 
her, can a regular person be God in a way? And, yeah. and when I mean regular person, I mean like a person who grew up with a small family and, you know, lived life in America, has had bad jobs. Can a, per, a person who has his own decision making and his own specific morality, can that, how, what, what does it look like when that person is actually God? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and obviously people have talked about this at length. Snyder's whole take on DC and superheroes in general, um, and is mostly DC, when it comes to DC mm-hmm. stuff, is he believes in the mythic ideas of it, the yeah. the the symbolism of these characters, them as gods, not as like you the know, mythology, of right? The, it's very it's very Campbell esque. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely, yeah. and you can absolutely tell that in, he wears that influence on his sleeve. Um, but when but yeah, with the Krypton prequel or the Krypton sequence, it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, and this is a crazy take. And I don't even know how, like, this might be completely like a different conversation, but it was one of those things where I'm like, maybe like it, I kind of, it, it, I kind of want to see what like Snyder's like Star Wars prequels would have been like. With that level of ingenuity and his work with green screens and how his actors are able to actually act within green, like heavy green screen environments, mm-hmm. um, his uh, obviously it's a much darker tone. Um, but in general, it's like I we don't we have not really gotten a lot of sci fi out of Snyder, not really. Yeah. And so this new project is for sure like very interesting to me because it's basically his Star Wars um yeah they pitch it as like like seven samurai but in the star wars universe like they said no so that's essentially that's rebel moon wow that's why yeah, with, with jaimon hansoon and that's like sold boom boom yeah. boom sold you um, personally sold it yeah yeah i mean it, he, I, I, I've, I've already talked about this but zach if you fuck over jaimon like all of Hollywood in this movie. <laughs> you better not. If he dies within the first 15 minutes, I'm coming for you. I was That's so last pissed song. watching That's A Quiet last. Place too. That's I what like, I'm saying. Yeah. I know. I was like, yeah. he's finally something cool. Him and Killian yeah. Murphy. And it's like really cool shot of them driving in like the, the sports car. And he gets out of the car and he's, he's instantly dead. I... He's, he's the black Sean Bean. At least really? and it's like at least Sean Bean has gone to be a main character in things. And it's like <laughs> and I it, like he was at least in like season one of Game of Thrones and shit. Jaimon is like he's a fucking Oscar nominee. I've already talked about this a lot, but I'm just saying I the man, his agent needs to be given a wedgie, a, all just a big fucking wedgie. <laughs> yeah. And I hope just, he steps on a Lego. slapped around a little bit and like get this man some better roles because this is bullshit and obviously it's probably a hot more of a hollywood thing um but still it's like he's such a great presence um but what was i gonna say yeah so like the the the, it's you can tell when snyder like the moments where he's like fuck yeah dude i gotta do this this is great like he's a kid Mm-hmm. Um, and he is one in a sense, even though his films are adult, but he's still like a very like nerdy, just like I get to do all this sci-fi shit and throw it on screen and do all these different designs mm-hmm. that I want to do. Um, Especially and, with the action sequences. Right, exactly. When that, when you see like the camera taking on a life of its own and it gets really frenetic. Um, 
you get those little beats of comedy like in the IHOP like that's when he's like um get puts the foot to the gas and it's in those moments when it's not like I I do like the the rhythm of the movie does feel like wholly its own but yeah like you can certainly start to feel it rev up at certain moments because it it's third act feels so like elongated from the rest of it that it just like it really takes a while to get go to like finish up and it's just like it just kind of keeps going but the third act of man of steel is the best adaptation of dragon ball z i've ever (laughs) seen in live action (laughs) yep I've heard I have a I have a I have a lot of friends who are anime nerds who uh, share that same and that's and and Zach is what I love about him is his commitment to genre. He doesn't like pretend he is doing something else. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. like try to mask what genre he's actually participating in. He's not like oh you know he people are like oh he's over serious. Okay, sure, you can make that criticism. I'm not necessarily going to disagree with you. But it's not like he's ashamed that he's making his own superhero movie. Mm-hmm. He loves it. He's just doing mm-hmm. it his own yeah. way. And if you don't like that, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But every genre he operates within, he goes full fucking bore. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where it's funny because it's like we agree. Yeah. We agree that he's a four. Like this is like a one for them. But it's not like he lost any style doing this. No, yeah, it's all. still like obtaining that vision um and it's done with such weight and commitment that it then has this ripple effect when um the online discourse starts to become addicted to this idea of the toll of mass destruction that these heroes are doing on american life because then you see it carried on to Batman v Superman and then the same year with uh, Cap America Civil War, which mm-hmm. is like this weird notion where it's like mass destruction has always existed. In, I mean, you know, of course, it's, it's an interesting moral dilemma, but the movie is full of interesting moral dilemmas. And it's not like that they are embraced but they felt rejected um and what snyder was interested in kind of like um superman killing zod where he hadn't had much experience with facing conflict up until they arrived and it's always been like your last for superman it's like your last resort was violence and then when he couldn't find anything else he just resorted to um impeccable strength and I don't know what I, I found intriguing. People just seem to like push back on. Uh, I have a friend who's like a screenwriter in like the geek space. Mm-hmm. And he told me he read an earlier draft of Man of Steel when it was going into production. And there was a scene between Kevin Costner and Teenage Clark where uh, there's like wolves hunting their farm. And he takes Clark to find these wolves that are hiding in their farm. And he gives Clark a gun and is like, well, if you don't kill these wolves, we don't kill these wolves. They're going to attack our cattle or eat our, our crops or whatever. And the guy told me at the studio cut that scene out 
because it was too dark. The whole point of that scene was like he was teaching Clark, you know, what it means to take a life and the responsibility that comes with that, which perfectly explains his final moment with Zod snapping. Right. Or even the school, but the the uh, the yeah. school bus that's that was mm-hmm. being sac- like with um, Jonathan Kent being like, well, maybe to protect yourself, um, keep you out of harm's way, just being a normal kid. All that fl- maybe it was best to let that go. Really where it's like, yeah, it's well done. Like the kid who plays younger Clark Kent, I thought that was a pretty gripping performance. But I am like, if this movie is about how like a normal guy becomes God, mm-hmm. that scene would have been like God learning, you know, the value of life. You know, mm-hmm. right. Um, and that, yeah, I, I think some of the dialogue in those scenes can be kind of rough. Um, very especially, brief. yeah, and like with some of the some of the lines the kid has to deliver, especially in when it's the it's the younger one when he's locked mm-hmm. into that um uh in that broom closet and so and the you know mom why is the world so big uh or no mom the world is too big uh which is just, uh <laughs> it's like you're gonna. So weird thing just to say in front of all your <laughs> classmates, I guess. Um, but whatever. It, it, I I wish that all of that stuff had way more time to breathe. All of the things mm-hmm. with Costner are really compelling. That's where a lot of the core of the movie. I mean, the core of the movie really is Co- the the uh, Costner and Crow and their effects on Clark, and mm-hmm. what two different philosophies from two different worlds. How can that make a man? How can that make a God? And what their expectations for him are. And I think Snyder is so committed in those scenes that the moment that you feel that there are a lot of those scenes are missing is when a lot of the weight of the film starts to kind of crumble in on itself in the sense of these, yeah, like those are the two core themes of the film and your own and it's very it feels like feels like you're allowed very limited time to that's why the krypton sequence is so great is because it has this like the way uh crow delivers these lines that are you know phil um of explaining his philosophy on on what clark could be, i mean what kal-el could be and what he represents and the idea of moving past a generation and you know, having your children be uh, the six to solve or to uh, resolve the failures of the previous one, to be the best of us, to for free, you know, free will and choice and being their own, like having their own destiny without it being decided for them. Um, that's where a lot of the, the core of the film is, and it gets in the moment you cut a lot of that stuff out, which I'm which sounds like the studio did and also just in that process you can tell like while while you're watching you're just like this wasn't set up right like there was there was there were other moments here because it's especially when it doesn't give much credence to being like um uh like not chronological when it just kind of like skips back and forth to like younger Clark Kent yeah yeah I think it's a stronger movie if it plays out purely chronologically Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there are certain edits that are smart, 
Um, I think, you know, it's one of those things where it can, a lot of times, like there's moments where you're like, that, like, oh, that was like a really good connective tissue to that moment or whatever. But it's all feels so kind of la- rushed. It's just like, uh, yeah, we need to get to this scene. So this reminds it of him. Sure. Whatever. Let's move on. Um, and it, it goes, it really, it, it, it's that trap of doing those flashbacks in a sense. And you also, and I think it also kind of hurts the impact of Costner's death um, with it being so flashbacky. You're not allowed to spend like a consistent amount of time with him. Um, Wait, he died? Even though, right. Even though he works really well in that, in, in that scene and, you know, his death, um, I think there are still moments. But yeah, I, I think that my main, the big, biggest issues is that the scenes have a real hard time transitioning into one another. It is, it feels so just like, and this happens. Okay. Uh, this happens, this happens, this happens. Um, and I, it's just, his focus is all over the place. He's trying to, uh, Snyder's trying to set up so much of this Krypton mythology and, and trying to also establish Clark as a character and also like how the world is reacting to him. It's a million different ideas going on. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I think that's why the first um, Christopher Reeves film um, is works so well because it's so tight because it has one real main focus in that how does superman become superman and what Mm -hmm. are the and what are the challenges therein it's not really it doesn't care too much about like krypton and what it in like what it was and the philosophies and you know the debates of kryptonian life or how the greater world and the militaries view superman as a threat or like the moral dilemma of bringing back your people. Like it's very, like it's super simplified and it's very much focused on the idea of like, well, just the Superman being a hero and how does that, and what, and how does the steps to becoming that hero and his mm-hmm. effect on the uh, on others around him. Um, and also just very much relies on Reeves's central performance. Well, and I, I think, uh, Cavill is a good Superman. Um, I think he has a lot. I think his uh, statue s performances are, or like his as Superman uh, in the multiple projects, like how he can just stand still and strike a pose and still mm-hmm. have like an actual, like have like emotional um, presence in in this in a scene. I think is real is very much Superman. Um, I just I a guy who can stand in, there and be like impactful. I think for his audition, like they made him wear the Christopher Reeve costume mm-hmm. and like yeah, act against uh, someone, and whoever pulled off the costume the best was who they cast. And uh, yeah, he altered. He definitely altered his swear. Like, what were you gonna say? Oh, no, I was just thinking, um, I think Joe Maganello was an alternate, which you could, you could see, um, yeah. uh, there was someone else who was, who was, um, ah, go ahead. He's too um, sultry. It's one of the, yeah, I know one of the things. Good. Yeah. Oh, do you know Matt who was an alternate for Lois or for Lois who would, you could like, a th- for me, I a thousand percent saw a world. It was Olivia no. Wilde. Oh, and it's like that makes total like kind of like mm-hmm. you can see it, but 
Uh, but Josh, uh, what I were you saying about the yeah, crafting, yeah. the ca casting process? Yeah, they made all the actors who did Superman wear the original Reeve costume. Right, right. Whoever pulled it off the best is who they cast as Superman. And apparently Henry Cavill was like very overweight when he had his audition mm -hmm. because he was like out of work for a little bit and he was he got really into World of Warcraft apparently. Mm -hmm. He is like, a nerd. Yeah, huge nerd. And kind of like let himself go a little bit and he had to do this audition like yeah. overweight in this like skin tight like cat suit costume. Yeah, I know like, in not a whole lot between like before this like he's really like an uh like not an unknown but not like an I know that he was the second runner up for james bond mm -hmm. he was a second runner up for batman begins and he was second runner up to like brandon ralph in another superman movie that was canceled right because he is he is he is older um uh, older than you think he he when mm -hmm. when uh, he's casted here. Um, yeah, because he's he's forty, like now. Yeah, he's forty but, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess. Yeah, or well, he, and he oh, was thirty at the time. Yeah. Well, he yeah, be twenty nine. Okay, that's not actually that crazy. Um, and obviously, right now, uh, as we're recording this, they're very much in the middle of the pre production of uh, James Gunn's Superman film, mm -hmm. um, and they're looking for actors much younger. Uh, maybe much is a strong word, younger. Um, he, it's funny, people may have said the James Bond thing, and he's good in Man from Uncle, and he definitely has that. Mm -hmm. I still don't like him for James Bond. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's too, he's a, he's a Greek statue, and I think that's why Snyder wanted to cast him the most, mm -hmm. is because Snyder, I mean, we, the Greek mythology is heavy into the DC universe, obviously. And I think he has a very, mm -hmm. he has an intense interest with Themyscira and how that interacts with um, superheroes. And obviously we've talked about his, uh, his core philosophy that these people are gods, not mortals. Um, I think, uh, yeah. And he's all about tragedy, you know, Greek, it's all Greek tragedies with him. Um, I definitely think that uh, that Cavill really works as someone who so James Bond is one of those guys who is like you notice him at the party but you're not necessarily but he can still like go to places you know what I mean like yeah. oh man that dude's really hot but like you don't necessarily have he's to not keep unbelievably staring. handsome you yeah. well it's that or like unbelievably built and tall like you don't have to right. keep staring at him mm -hmm. and when it comes to Cavill it's he's so striking as a person like he's just a again a greek statue that you're almost limited in what you can cast mm -hmm. him as like because i think he can't we... really work as a romantic lead in this and really because it's like you're just like a model like you're just yeah. like a sculpture yeah, he can't he can't play every man type characters no yeah. no At no all. no no i think we discussed we discussed on the mission impossible episode like it plays into that in fallout um it's just like yeah you're obviously gonna be working for the other side like because because like you're henry cavill and you're so striking um mm -hmm. and back to the casting i remember like this movie was in pre-production and reading about how like no one and snyder were going after 
Daniel Day Lewis and Viggo Mortensen to play yeah. General Zap. Mm-hmm. And like, wow, Viggo would have been good. It makes so much sense watching that performance. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm glad you bring him up because we, we haven't talked about him yet. Um, very much Mike one Shane. of the undersung villain performances in comic book movies. Um, Absolutely. Ob- obviously, his the discourse around the story choices around him are very much like heavy prevalent. But his mm-hmm. actual performance... Um, there is this line that he delivers with such intensity. I mean, this is one of the most intense characters ever. And of course you want intensity. You call Michael Shannon. Um, <laughs> if you, if that, if he should have that in your contact info, it should might say Michael Shannon intense. Um, <laughs> but, and he's also a Chicago guy, right? Yeah. He's from Chicago. Yeah, actually, I saw his band play here. He's in a Smith's cover band. And yeah. he did like the Queen is Dead from front to back, and he was Morrissey. It was it was fucking wild. Yeah. He's, he was he's so, a wild he guy. was so into it, like out of his own body. It was amazing. <laughs> I would pay a good amount of money to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, friend of the show, Jim Leskowski, saw saw Mike Shannon play, and it's, a, it's very good as well. Um, uh, I I think his the but the line he says when. Crow, so Crow says, you're talking about genocide. Uh, and he says, yes, I am. And I'm debating, a I'm debating about it with a ghost. And mm-hmm. that, his reaction to the word genocide and how he pushes it aside and has that intense of just like pure, like, I don't fucking care, mm-hmm. um, is really haunting and also really engaging to watch. Um and obviously, and and that and that meme meme idea, that internet uh, culture around this film, also, you know, you know, I will find him. Like those kind of moments yeah. are very much part, it, it almost down, watered down the actual work he's doing in the film. Yeah, do I think it's mm-hmm. the greatest thing, greatest performance ever? No, but I do think he's doing work that should be kind of recognized as he actually was. He really made that role his own. And yeah. had mm-hmm. and, and was able to add his own artistic choices into that role. You can see a worse version of this. Of, sorry, right. I rewatched Superman one and Shannon. two recently, and like the character that Terrence Stamp plays and the character Michael Shannon plays have no similarities whatsoever. He really right. didn't make the part his own. And you can do yeah. that with Zod. It's like the idea. Like, there's no, there's no everyone has their preferred depiction of comic book characters, obviously, but there's not that one depiction of Zod. Everyone's like, Oh, that's not my Zod. No one gives a fuck. Um, a lot of times he's actually kind of a boring character. Um, but here that intent that, that how, how he pairs with that core idea of every, every person born, uh, born in Krypton besides like Clark was, made basically with one purpose in mind and how how dedicated he is to that lifestyle and how dedicated he is to that one purpose he says that my one purpose was to protect krypton and how he takes that to being his like the this pure identity he has nothing else to identify with besides that that is all he is and all he will ever be um those are that's it's very compelling and he really attaches 
that the, Shannon really attaches um, his performance to those ideas really well. He's able to translate that core character description into a really engaging performance. It makes a lot of sense that in a movie that has so much 9-11 imagery, your villain is a zealous, a fanatic. Yeah. Right. 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 And yeah. obviously this film, I don't know if it was at the time. I mean, this is, I can't think of another another film that relates more to uh, 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 War of Worlds. Or wait, is, is that? No, it's War of the Worlds. Fuck. The Spielberg movie. Or the, yeah, worlds. the world. Yeah, oh, okay. Got, yeah. For a minute, I thought I got the title wrong. Yeah, the, I mean, it's like I can't think of anything close that, like, when it comes to two big blockbusters in their depiction of pure destruction, these two are just eerily mm-hmm. similar. Right. And the uh, scene where uh, the assistant is caught in the rubble, and Lawrence Fishburne and the other guy are trying to pull her out. Yeah. Yeah. Spending mm-hmm. that much of a time for that scene is. Is, is driving the home the point of like people stopping for the betterment of others. Um, and especially the, the US military's relationship and their understanding of Superman. And, you know, what, what does a protector, does America want a protector at this, at this moment? Can they even uh, trust when, someone? See, can protector. they even trust them? Right. Right. Um, can't like what's you know to them what's the difference between superman and zod if if one's going to talk to them and and you know how long will that trust last it's like these ideas are brought up that are interesting but what sucks is like it's it's the it's a little bit like the mike shannon performance it's then watered down to these moments where it's like the movie has much more going for it that's not focused on rather than it has just like, so many ideas too yeah. many too many ideas mm-hmm. where it's like i deal. feel like until seeing it this week i've only heard like five of the most uninteresting things about this movie right exactly um yeah like you think a like a franchise kickstarter would be more simple and like right. easier to grasp <laughs> yeah and like a lot of the ideas in this movie are more like appropriate for a sequel. And it's like, this movie is an origin story, but it's like a third of an origin story. And it's like, yeah. it kind of, it does it, but then it just kind of like keeps on escalating. But then like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very funny. Um, there's, there's no other, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's probably no other, um, in a decade, that saw the comic book spike. There's nothing like this one, quite what it tried to do, what it has textually. BVS. I mean, it's one of those yeah. things that's right. right. It's right. like those right. swings are all real. It's like, mm-hmm. there's nothing close really. I mean, when it comes to someone who is taking a fucking sw- like, like you said, yeah. Joshua, they hired a divisive filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, which I is- don't think, I mean, in a, post i guess a post watchman snyder like they knew he was divisive but i didn't maybe there wasn't an estimation of just like how but there was no great there was no movie that was like besides dawn of the his dawn of the dead remake none of his films like had a like a universal success rate 
right yeah. exactly 300 was yeah. super divisive yeah. um mm-hmm. it's in it, it, the and i will always take that i will prefer that more than i mean i don't want to with, with the marvel machine you're getting a lot of filmmakers who don't are not allowed to express their personalities filmmakers but also mm-hmm. don't necessarily have as much artistic uh uh creativity as other filmmakers yeah because um, the tour there is can invite they're executing yeah. his vision his taste like he hires the visual designer he designs the costumes and shit mm-hmm. so and they all work on the like, same thing everything's right, in right. post yeah they use the same three cinematographers in all their movies right mm-hmm. and james gunn's the only one who's able who besides maybe james gunn and maybe like you know and you can make a you know Taika for one movie. Taika. right yeah, yeah for yeah. one yeah and like kugler obviously like they're like they're i would say Whedon. yeah I the avenger very much a Whedon film Right. right the first one for sure um yeah. and they're yeah they're, they're you know the first avenger avenger it, it it but it does i like divisive films as blockbusters i prefer that than mm-hmm. something that i forget next weekend yeah um mm-hmm. and obviously that's a, not a hot take but it's something that now feels scarce I mean, at this point, our Apes episode would have been out by now. And we just praised those two films for taking the chances those took and, and doing their thing. Um, but for this, it, it, yeah, it just ran. It's, I mean, it, it's this issue that we come up with sometimes where it's like you kind of wish that you could like, slide around a movie's release date since we have so much hindsight like i don't know, like when we did prometheus alien covenant i feel like those movies came out at the wrong time where we just didn't appreciate the many years that they did or you know even uh, i don't know, like yeah but there's another a number of like franchises like that that's just like i feel that way about watchmen i feel like if watchmen would yeah, have came out most yeah. avengers the feeling about the movie would be a lot different mm-hmm. especially after dark knight rises it's just not enough time to like reorganize and understand that superman just isn't batman and it just doesn't take that same um it doesn't take that take that same colorization. They just apply to like a totally different character, and you can really feel, even with hindsight, like the catch up to Marvel, because um, they feel and it, like we said, like the um, the business rivalry of that just escalates into Batman v Superman. I wanted to really lock into this movie this time. I wanted to be like, oh, this was actually yeah. great. This was fantastic. Yeah. This was amazing. Um, because I have teetered on both sides a lot. Um, I never, I've never thought this movie was bad, um, mm-hmm. but it's ranged from mediocre to great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a little better than mediocre now. But I, what I applaud is, I think, well, Snyder is just a great creator of images. It's one of his mm-hmm. best skills. Is he knows how to create a striking image in film it feels like that's a little bit inarguable like like i think this is the best looking cbm of all time 
perks. I love I love the handheld stuff they did. Yeah. On the farm, it's very Terrence Malicky. I'm a big Malick fan. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think I it's the best comic movie. I can't think of one that I like better. Yeah. Hmm. I would have to think about that. Yeah. I can think of one that yeah. I like better than like this. I think I think Rises looks good, but that might just be the IMAX effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to think about that, but that's that, that, that makes sense to me. Um, I uh, so he's yeah he's a great he creates a great visuals. He has a plenty of ideas to play to 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 uh to portray and to kind of uh kind of kick around in his head the idea of is oh could a world be could a world be re- is there could a world be ready for superman is it worth what is worth exposure um is can what's what is a god can a god be a person um can like what create like what makes a human like how can you adopt like what is the process of adopting a culture and becoming a central part of that culture how do you identify what is like what how much how much is it blood versus uh like where you were raised in the sense of how what is that conflict and identity um the free will and of the military obsessed uh civilizations and in the you know and the hubris of man being the downfall of you know a great civilization there's all these fascinating ideas and like how can and how do you raise a god too like how 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 do you how how do you uh how are you how can you be a mom to a god how can you be a dad to a god how do you parent Um, someone you know has abilities well also abilities but also believing that you know a lot you know a lot of these movies are like you can never show them ever ever they it's this unique idea of they don't take that they they don't want to necessarily hide him from the world they want to hide him now but they believe that at some Mm -hmm. point he will rise as jesus um but that idea of believe they know for certain they have someone who will change the world in their hands but they're trying to navigate through that how two random people from kansas have basically god as their child and how to can they even process that um that that so there's so many ideas here and the visuals are great and i think a lot of the performances are really solid um i i, I just though i just think the story itself and the construction of it and the pacing is just complete a complete mess and it makes it sometimes hard to really be super engaged mm-hmm. right yeah because <clears throat> the moral dilemmas and more philosophical questions that it asks about um beliefs and in power and control were one's destiny it comes and goes but it's not focused in on a few major ones where it's just like it comes with the scene at hand and the issues that Superman faces, but then it's just like, yeah, like it then moves on to its next idea without much like time for you to like meditate on what the movie has on its mind. Um, 
you know, at least this one is about Superman, but then like you get like, like that issue is like what Batman v Superman has as an issue, but like on crack, like it's just so <laughs> much, it's that, that movie is like overstimulating. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, you have that great line where it's like, I'm as American as, as I get, I'm from Kansas where he like really does believe in the betterment of people and the betterment of this country. Does this country believe in the betterment of Superman is like something I wish that the movie spent a little bit more time on. Um, you just want more time for them to go. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting ideas here that you just wish you were just like, okay, stop, pause. All right. Let's all breathe for a second. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a fault of Snyder as a filmmaker, but then this like did feel like Goyer um, could have done, like, this is like a first draft or like a second draft or something where but also, it's not. It also feels like DC was like, no, Zach, you can't make the first film in our, in our universe three hours. No, Zach, right. you can't do that. <laughs> It's almost like it, it's like a requirement. It needs to be under two and a half. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, but I like the movie still. It's like all this said. And Same. I, I like it. What it does, yeah. it does do a lot right. And I, I, I'm like so mystified why so many people call this a misfire when it's like, this could have been all, I feel like this could have been a lot worse. Um, and we've seen it. And we've seen it. Yes. Yeah. We've seen it. I feel like for uh, better or for worse, like the 1978 film of Christopher Reeve and Dick Donner, I think that is people's version of Superman. Yes. Yeah. It has dominated the pop culture landscape. That Superman can only be that. And yeah. we've gotten depictions of Superman, either in comic books, animation, or like in live action films of this. They're not like that. They take risks and chances. People react very strongly to it. Yes, because it's like, and that one is just like the definitive version. Yeah. Like those castings, the whole flavor. I rewatched of it. it recently. That yeah. it's outstanding. I haven't yeah. watched it in like five, yeah. ten years. It's terrific. It's mm-hmm. like I forgot how good it was. There's never been a more perfect superhero performance. And I don't think there ever could be. It's one of the most astounding performances in the history of cinema when it comes to com- creating, basically he created iconography. <laughs> like he yeah. created- It is the, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, of yeah. who Superman yeah. is and what he represents by just his, uh, all of the subtle things he does in that movie. Um, and, th- and that's why another thing it has going for it and the, it's given this advantage is that it's allowed to also show who Clark Kent is. Well, this yeah. film has a, it's kind of operating in backwards. So, you, you know, you introduce Superman first and then Clark Kent later. Um, I, I would say it's interesting how Snyder just like is not interested in the human identities of the superheroes. At absolutely. All. He not. has no interest in it yeah. whatsoever. No. Yeah, no, on, it, it's all, it's there's very a, much God. It, there's a reason why it ends at like minute, two hour and whatever at like 
um, filling the role at the Daily Planet. Like, because it's just like, mm, once we get into the personal lives and the uh, human identity, yeah, like, it's just like, I'm going to stop the movie here. And, like, and that whole scene is kind of a wet there. fart. And that whole, like, <laughs> it's like, Snyder's like, oh, yeah, he's a journalist. There you go. <laughs> he has the glasses on. Are you fucking yeah. happy? Because <laughs> it's like, it does play, it does, like, do the half-assed thing of, like, you know that he's going to become it. But then it just, like, it's weird because it it plays into the audience's knowledge of Superman. But then, like, just does, I feel like it backtracks that because then it, like, has to explain some more for other things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you, yeah, but um, I was going to say, like, then it feels a bit unearned to give Perry White that um, monologue at the end, uh, which is interesting. But anyway, I... Um, but also Lawrence, I mean, Lawrence Finchburn. I mean, Fishburne's great in this, yeah, man. Fishburne, you just, yeah, Fish, mm-hmm. yeah, Larry Fish. I can't complain. You give, but, you give him yeah. a fucking baseball. It's going to be a home run, baby. Yeah, Every yeah. time. My Nobody favorite wins. performance in this entire movie is Auntie Trail, who plays Fiora, mm-hmm. the Zod's lieutenant. Uh, who was, who was going to be Gal Gadot, I, I saw. Yeah. 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 Like, Which is interesting. She's terrific in this movie. Yeah. And I'm shocked she, she's really had no American career. Since this movie came out, yeah, you would think she would like pop up and stuff. I'm guessing she's in Flash. She's quite good. Yes, she will be in the Flash movie. Doesn't it kind of feel weird that's coming out? Yes, sure. I I don't like. Yeah, you could mean that in the sense of it's been delayed so much, or the the context surrounding the whole. I just mean all. I mean all of it. I guess it's weird. It's a weird. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie was announced the same week the TV show premiered. And the TV yeah, show had a series finale last week. And the like movie 500 is episodes out. or whatever. That's wild. Um, okay. But I, I will not be seeing that movie That's, in theaters. Yeah. I can't do it. And no. conscious. <laughs> it's, Why would anyone put themselves through that? Well, it's just one of those things where I would if it just looked better. <laughs> like, it's one yeah, of those things where it's just like, if it actually, like, and when I mean looked, I'm not just saying, like, like it looks ugly. It does not look yeah. like a, it, that final battle or whatever they're yeah, pointing towards this, like, white desert is like, what? I don't care. I wouldn't, I, I don't, I wouldn't trust Andy Muschietti with, like, a visual, like, like, artistry that comes with a comic book movie. Like, that's a horror guy, you know? It's like. Yeah, anyway. like, watching this movie, Man of Steel, and watching, like, the Flash trailers is, like, huge down down uh, downgrade like it looks <laughs> like it has no take there's nothing interesting about it or whatever other yeah, than michael yeah. keep coming back that's the whole hook of the movie keep us back it has nothing interesting to say but yeah and i yeah, lost I, yeah yeah i lost a lot of favor of some critics that i really like and enjoy because like oh ezra miller's great in this movie like let's forget all the things that they did i was like no <laughs> <laughs> not that's not how it works like we can't just yeah. slide down to the run mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um but do we have anything interesting to say about favorite scene this is the part of the pod when we talk about our favorite scene from the film unless we have any last minute thoughts yeah, I, got, we... I got mine out everything off our chest yeah 
Rad. If anyone has something to start us, can favorite scenes? Yeah, yeah. I love the Krypton stuff. That's probably my favorite part of the entire movie. Do you have a specific part? I mean, you don't have to choose this. I'm just curious. Do you have a specific part of the Krypton stuff that really works? Because I, I get, yeah. Ooh, I gotta think. I love a scene where uh, Russell Crowe is riding on that dragon-like thing or whatever. Right. He steals the codex. Just like this mini Russell Crowe action movie for 15 minutes. I love it. It's really funny. I mean, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy that Snyder is like, yeah, let's do it. This is a Superman movie. <laughs> like, wait, Zach, really? We only have we don't only have two hours and twenty minutes, bud. You have all these ideas. Fuck it. It's this. Um, I I love when Crow talks, and he has so, that's when the dialogue. I can't. Well, I can't tell because he has so much uh, in a, a word Jack use, uses uh, repeatedly. Gravitas. Um, and he he can sell anything he has this he has such fun shakespeare like a shakespearean mode to some of this dialogue yeah. and so like you know very much like royal acting company like okay let me kind of philosophize about my ideas of what krypton is of what my son yeah. is and it's very dramatic and intense and i'm just like yay 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 i like it I feel like time has not been kind to his career. People have no. really forgotten how great of an actor he is. Right. No. And like, he's he taken for granted. Also, yeah. Yeah. Like, he has yeah. all this expository, bland dialogue yeah. in this movie, but he's fucking selling and it sounds like jazz, like with his accent. It's true. It, I mean, it makes, and it's perfect too, because um, uh, uh, Brando is, Russell Crowe's hero. That was no shit. That was um, the reason he's an actor is because of Marlon Brando. Holy shit! Or or that must have been a dream come true for him. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And we're just like, oh, look at Russell Crowe. He's giving these exposition, but it's like you know, it is an unappreciated performance. Um, because I think when he was in a he was in a band when he was like called the Australian. Russell Crowe, something like that. The B side recently covered Russell Crowe, and they told this story much more than I am, much better than I am now. But, um, yeah, I agree. Like, yes, they do virtuosity good. on the B side. Uh, uh, no, no. Oh man, yes, I He's think it was mentioned. Yeah, I've never seen it. I don't know if it was one of the three that they covered, but it was mentioned. I. It's so it, in yeah. virtuosity, the, the Denzel movie, and I think I've talked about it. He's basically playing Jack Nicholson's Joker in it, but yeah. like more crazy. Um, and he's it's it's one of those things where one of my first interact my first like re- responses was, "Holy shit, he should have yeah. been the Joker!" And it's oh, crazy yeah. because that's not who you would think Russell Crowe should be, mm-hmm. but he is so maniacal and sadistic in yeah. virtuosity. It's re- he's chewing everything up. <laughs> really Russell Crowe no but uh you know what they did cover is proof of life and you know who is an extra on proof of life is Henry Cavill how about that oh yeah, 20 connections yeah, I know 20 um everybody here is already dead give me control of the codex I will ensure the survival of our race there is still hope I have held that hope in my hand. <laughs> 
This council has been disbanded. On whose authority? Mine. What are you doing, Zod? This is madness. What I should have done years ago. These lawmakers, with their endless debates, have let Krypton to ruin. And if your forces prevail, you'll be the leader of nothing. Then join me. Help me save our race. We'll start anew. We'll sever the degenerative bloodlines that led us to this state. And who will decide which bloodline survives, Zod? You? Don't do this, Hell. The last thing I want is for us to be enemies. You have abandoned the principles that bound us together. You've taken up the sword against your own people. I will honor the man you once were, Zod. Not this monster you've become. Take him away. Sir. Is everything all right? Out of the way. I said... Did you go with the, with the scene? No. Um, God, it's great. It's one of those it's things where hard. it's going it, to, it's is... impossible because almost yeah. all of my scenes are either a Costner or a Crow scene. Mm -hmm. um, it's the, I, it, the scene that I remember the most almost is, and it's maybe the line delivery specifically is when Costner shows Clark the ship he came in and explains everything and that idea of you're going to have to be someone someday and he and clark says can i just keep pretending you're i'm your son and he grabs him and his voice breaks you are my son and i have i have goosebumps right now um he is it's so it's so 
awesome. Like he's so, (laughs) I I love how these very serious actors are so committed in this movie when it comes to being that thought, those, those fathers, those people parting on this advice, those people having a philosophy of who their son is going to become and what they mean to a world, a civilization. Um, Yeah, Diane Lane and Kevin Costner are very, they're very Diane is so good in this. Oh, she's only nine years older than Amy Epps, which is wild. (laughs) Wow, that doesn't seem and it's crazy. I mean, it's just with the yeah, that's that's a bummer because she also looks incredible, like it's not like one of those things where she looks so old, she looks fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Once um, you reach forty, you have to start playing moms in movies. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, to their contracts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the game. He was in the bus. He saw what Clark did. I know he did. I'm sure. I'm sure what he thought he saw was, was an act of God, Jonathan. This was providence. I think you're blowing it a little out of proportion. No, I'm not. Lana saw it too, and the Fordham boy. And this isn't the first time Clark's done something like this. I just wanted to help. I know you did, but we talked about this. Right? Right? We talked about this. You have... Oh, Clark, you have to keep this side of yourself a secret. What was I supposed to do? Just let him die? Maybe. There's more at stake here than just our lives, Clark, or the lives of those around us. When the world... When the world finds out what you can do, it's going to change everything. Our, our beliefs, our notions of what it means to be human, everything. You saw how Pete's mom reacted, right? She was scared of Clark. Why? People are afraid of what they don't understand. Is she right? Did God do this to me? Tell me. sure the government was going to show up at our doorstep but no one ever came this was in the chamber with you I took it to a metallurgist at Kansas State he said whatever it was made from didn't even didn't even exist on the periodic table. That's another way of saying that it's not from this world, Clark. And neither are you. You're the answer, son. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe. 
I don't want to be. And I don't blame you, son. It'd be a huge burden for anyone to bear. But you're not just anyone, Clark, and I have to believe that you were... that you were sent here for a reason. All these changes that you're going through, one day... one day you're gonna think of them as a blessing, and when that day comes, you're gonna have to make a choice. A choice of whether to stand proud in front of the human race or not. Can I just keep pretending I'm your son? You are my son. But somewhere out there, you... You have another father, too, who gave you another name. And he sent you here for a reason, Clark. And even if it takes you the rest of your life, you owe it to yourself to find out what that reason is. You know, I, I think we'll just keep on going around with Russell Crowe and Kevin Costner's scenes if we're, if we're not careful. I'll go with... There's it, it's really well cut when uh, Lois is narrating that um, quest to find Superman, and then they end up at Jonathan Kent's grave, and they have that conversation. Um, right, it's, it's a story. Yeah, that's, follow the yeah, rumor. It's yeah, that's story really effective, actually. Yeah, that's really good. That's that's like the most graceful like part of the film, where you're really yeah. getting yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it moves really, really good. good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Amy uh, uh, Adams, I think, auditioned for Lois Lane, like, um, uh, for uh, uh, for Superman Re- Returns. Mm-hmm. And interesting. That's that's interesting. That's like she finally, and she's very good in this, and sort of like gets short shrifted and. Uh, I still don't know if I like her as Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I think for me, it's a tough Lo- ask. Well, right. And like, then I'm not saying yeah. she's bad in the film. I did. I'm talking more of as the idea of is she casted right? Because right. and this is my comic book brain, and I don't try to do this too much. But I think Lois needs a lot of spunk and a lot of like energy and someone who is just constantly. I don't know, like someone who is a force of nature. You cannot ignore her. She will bulldoze right over you. Because it's hard. Because it's like that in the writing, but I just don't know if mm -hmm. Adam sells that. Just as much as Chris Reeves, like just like sculpted Superman, Margot Kidder sculpted Lois Lane. Yeah. But that doesn't, yeah. I mean, I think Amy Adams can easily fit the mold of a Zack Snyder movie like of this tone like she can just like bend down to that level that it's asking for um I think she's one of the best actors past 20 years yeah Yeah. I I loved her in doubt like she's a very diverse actor when it comes to picking roles she was in doubt Talladega Nights Mm -hmm. uh Enchanted arrival so she makes great choices yeah and we've covered her a number of times like in the master and her and it's in the fighter yeah the fighter it's in this 2010s period in the early half the decade that she really showed people that she um has this amount of range that wasn't really tapped in 
since um, Junebug. And uh, now it's been since 2016 and she is still lost. Like we don't, we don't know what, what happened like it's really, really sad it's like hillbilly allergy she stopped making good like arrival was her last good movie mm-hmm. like that was so long ago you guys well, like what i love nocturnal animals okay and i that well that's, and well, that's the same year's arrival movie. like tw- that was the same year's arrival yeah. you know it's like yeah. what is going on yeah i know but like i know that nocturnal animals jaimon hansoon's agent amy adams agent I give me a bat. I'll figure it out. Don't worry about oh my it. Gosh, I know there's a whole article to be written about people's agents and what happened to uh, typecasting. But tracks. You start with the urban legends that have sprung up in his wake. All of the friends of a friend who claimed to have seen him. For some, he was a guardian angel. Yeah. For others, a cipher, a ghost who never quite fit in. Well, I was saying you're kind of coming up towards the oil rig. As you work your way back in time. The stories begin to form a pattern. Looking for Pete Ross, do you know him? Yeah, he works at the IHOP. You go down the road. Pete Ross? I'd like to talk to you about an accident that occurred when you were younger. A school bus that went into the river. Dusty! Mrs. Kent? I'm Lois Lane. I'm from the Daily Planet. Um, What? I'm from the Daily Planet, and I'd like to talk to you about your son. I figured if I turned over enough stones, you'd eventually find me. Where are you from? What are you doing here? Let me tell your story. What if I don't want my story told? It's going to come out eventually. Somebody's going to get a photograph or figure out where you live. Well, then I'll just disappear again. The only way you could disappear for good is to stop helping people altogether, and I sense that's not an option for you. My father believed that if the world found out who I really was, they'd reject me out of fear. Um, until we write that, Joshua, thank you so much for being here. It's been Thanks for having me. Awesome to have you here. Yeah. Um, if you have anywhere people can find you right now, please uh, give us. Uh... Uh, I'm on Twitter at Boopa1219. B-O-O-P-A-1219. Uh, I'm going to Instagram the same handle. Uh, I'm, well, my day job, I work for Disney. Now, because the Ryer strike, I have no job. And so during this time, starting next week, I'm going to start developing uh, a project, a comic book. And I'm going to try to document the entire process. Hell yeah, um, man. So- Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm very excited yeah. about it. It's a short film uh, script that I wrote some time ago. I run a, a couple contests with it, small ones, no big deal wow. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is unproducible. <laughs> right, right. So I'm hoping, yeah. I'm hoping to turn it into a comic book so, mm-hmm. so I can have something to show people. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's I amazing. Know the, yeah, I'm I know so the, happy. The, yeah. Can't imagine how the strike's been uh, over there. And that's at least a good way to like, you know. Stay busy. How, yeah, stay busy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You, yeah, anytime. So you can come back anytime the, you want. Yeah, the door's yeah. well, the door's wide open. Um, but yeah, I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper. The same over at Letterbox. Uh, this movie is available on it's on Max. Um and next episode Max. we have <laughs> uh the lobster with uh Kendall Cunningham. <laughs> And uh, we're switching gears a little bit, going to 2015. Um, yeah. Oh, and my writing on film is on the best hassle. Yeah, it is. Uh, everyone, follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterbox. You can follow me on Instagram, Mr. Clay Williams. You can follow the podcast Twitter account, ETT Pod. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. Um, send us an email at exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com. Uh, share us with a friend, retweet, run up to someone on the middle of the street, say, You can do so much good for this world. You can be the best of all of us. And you should also listen to exiting through the 2010s and then run away. Um, yeah, be good to yourself, stay safe, support the WGA. And as always, we'll catch you next time on Exiting Through 2010s. Oh.